and I quote, the weight of change should not rest on the shoulders of black people. For true systemic shifts to occur, everyone has to feel the disgust and frustration. Everyone. And then disgust and frustration must lead to action. That's the voice of Rabbi Elise Goldstein of Toronto's City Shul speaking one year ago today on June 8th, 2020. She was emceeing an online event in the wake of the murder of George Floyd. The event was called An Evening of Deep Listening, Facing and Combating Racism Within the Jewish Community. Four Canadian Jews of color spent an hour discussing their feelings of outrage about the murder of Floyd a week earlier, and whether this country's own Jewish community was also racist towards Jews of color. People cannot unsee, they can't unhear what happened last year. And now they are listening. I'm Ellen Besner, and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like for Tuesday, June 8th, 2021. Welcome to the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. Rivka Campbell has heard it all. Whether she's been mistaken for a hired catering staff at a synagogue service or well-meaning ushers Jew-splaining to her what a bar mitzvah is. She's a Jew of Jamaican descent, and Campbell has been a sought-after speaker in Canada about being Black and Jewish well before George Floyd's death. But now she's even busier than ever. If the Kamloops 215 graves may have been Canada's wake-up call on racism against Indigenous people, and somebody's even called it Canada's George Floyd moment, how have things changed for Canada's Jews of colour in the years since Floyd was murdered? Coming up, I'll talk to Rifka Campbell on what's changed in her year of work to make space for Canada's BIPOC Jews. But first, here's what's making news in Canada right now. Jewish groups in Canada have sent messages of solidarity to the Muslim community of London, Ontario, after five members of an Islamic family were run over in what police say was a targeted hate crime. A 20-year-old man has been charged with four counts of murder and one count of attempted murder, as the nine-year-old son is the only survivor of the attack. London's Jewish community says it's horrified by what it calls this murderous act of Islamophobia. They mourn along with the Muslim community at this unspeakable loss of life. J-Space Canada called the tragedy senseless. B'nai B'rith Canada says they're horrified about the car ramming, and they issued thoughts and prayers. In Toronto, several private Orthodox Jewish religious schools have been permitted to reopen in a limited way as a Monday. The Yisodei Torah Yeshiva and several schools were ordered closed after repeated complaints by residents and even local city councillors that the schools were violating provincial rules. Students were seen entering the buildings with full backpacks, although the school claimed it was providing religious prayer services only and daycare. The schools went to court to fight the shutdown order saying under the Charter of Rights and Freedoms, their pupils were being hurt because they don't use the internet, so they can't do online learning. The reopening comes as COVID cases have been dropping in the city. This time felt different. And this time, I think it was like a dam broke. A year ago, Rifka Campbell was one of those four guest speakers on the Zoom event, The Evening of Deep Listening. She's president of the Jews of Color Canada and they represent Jews who identify as Black, Yemenite, Sephardi, Mizrahi, Asian, and Southeast Asian or any other diverse combination. Rivka Campbell joins us now to explain why her organization issued two statements recently to mark the anniversaries of George Floyd's death and also the death of Regis Korczynski-Paquette, 
She was a Canadian black indigenous woman of Toronto who was having a mental health episode two days after Floyd died. She fell to her death from her balcony after Toronto police arrived. All the officers have been cleared in her case. I came to the realization that it was even a year. It kind of took me off guard because it has been quite a tumultuous year and it feels like it was so long ago and also yesterday. And I think one of the reasons that we find it is important to remember is that over time, we tend to not soften things, but things tend to get a little more faded, a little more cloudy. And I think it's really important that we remember that it is an ongoing, it's ongoing work, that this may have precipitated a worldwide awakening, but it's not over. And there is work that also needs to be done within the Canadian community and especially within the Canadian Jewish community. And we need to do more than just performative stuff. We need to actually do the work. So, you know, since June of 2020, I'm sure you uh, can tell the listeners your phone has been ringing off the hook. Your emails have been flying in. You've been a very sought after speaker about Black Lives Matter and about racism. It was the first little while, I have to say, was heartening in that it was great that people were starting to recognize that we have a problem, like really recognizing it. But it was also coupled with an exhaustion, an exhaustion that, you know, people, there's, there's been articles that even say this, you know, black people are tired. And I could feel this exhaustion with having to now reiterate that, yes, this is going on. Here are the definitions of this. This is why it is happening. Yes, we have systemic racism. You know, all these things that got to the point where I almost got to the point where it's like, you know what, it's a you problem, not a me problem. And It's also not my job to educate you. I can let you know from my perspective, because in this case, my perspective is the perspective of racism within our community. And I can, you know, guide you in what is an appropriate, what are appropriate steps to take. But ultimately the work is yours. Ultimately, it is your job to fix your problem. And so has there been a substantial uh, improvement or a willingness to, to, to tackle this work from the Jewish community that in the last year that you were a part of? Yes, I am. I am pleased to say, you know, if I if I look back two, three years ago, if somebody said to me, do you feel that there is hope? I probably would have said I probably wouldn't even pause. I probably would have said, no, I think it'll be, I think this is the status quo. Um, Now I can say there is hope because the difference is, is that people cannot unsee, they can't unhear what happened last year. And now they are listening 
I see Jewish organizations setting up diversity committees and not just diversity committees where I'd look at the committee and say, you're not really very diverse. So how are you hearing the voices that you should be listening to because they're not at your table? So now I'm seeing that there is a, an effort to make sure that the voices they need to hear are sitting around those tables. They are doing more than posting statements on websites, which quite frankly, I will speak as a person of color. I don't give a hoot about your statement. I care about your actions, what you are doing to make it a safe, welcoming, warm place for me to be within our community. And progress is it's happening. Um, what other avenues are you doing that will sh- you know, shed more light on the, the situation that Jews of color are facing? I have been privilege to be part of witnessing that change. So for example, I've had organizations who recognize that, you know, board of directors set policies. So it's time to have workshops with the boards of directors of these organizations and make some lasting change. And lasting, the change doesn't necessarily mean that, okay, great, So now I'm going to hire a whole bunch of black people because this is what I've understood. Change means being mindful of the messages that you are sending, being mindful of not talking over voices, um, not talking over black voices in spaces. It's being mindful of things like that, you know, recognizing, for example, in in schools, because I've done some work with um, supplementary school, heads of school, recognizing that you may say to me, but I don't have any diversity in my classroom. First of all, know before whom you stand. You don't know that you don't have diversity in your classroom, but you should behave in a manner that you do. I know the CJN and you are working on a podcast. You're going to be hosting a podcast. How important a symbol is that to you? It's huge. Not only is it important for me that Jews of color in our Jewish community has that they that we have a voice within the mainstream Jewish community. It is also not just about Jews of color talking about other Jews of color or Jewish Jews of color issues or whatever the case may be. I think it is really important that people start to see a Jew of color, see or hear, a face like mine talking about Judaism, talking about Israel, talking about the stuff we Jewish people talk about. There is a second group called No Silence on Race, currently working on an art exhibit and documentary in partnership with the Ontario Jewish Archives. Their work will, quote, explore the lives of multiracial and multi-ethnic Jews within the community that has historically privileged Ashkenazi Jewish culture, unquote. And that's what Jewish Canada sounds like for this episode of the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. Integrity, community, quality, and customer care. Want to have your This Is What Jewish Canada Sounds Like be part of our show? Subscribe and get a friend to subscribe and then get in touch. I'm Ellen Besner, ebesner at thecjn.ca. 
We'll end the episode with more from last June's An Evening of Deep Listening and Rabbi Goldstein reciting a special prayer for victims of anti-Black racism. I offer a Kaddish list, which is incomplete. Regis Korczynski Paquette, Ahmed Arbery, Brianna Taylor, Trayvon Martin, Michael Brown, Alton Sterling, Freddie May, Botham Jean, Atatiana Jefferson, Sandra Bland, Philando Castile, Orlando Brown, Abdirahim Abdi, Pierre Corolian, Chantal Moore, George Floyd.